Hello, wonderful people, and welcome back to an episode of Rue Rambles, a Purple Croc podcast. This week, we're doing another rambling session where I'm going to talk to you about hospo burnout, the use of technology in our lives, dopamine fixes, and just chat to you about how my mood has been a bit low lately and why, and literally all of that. That's what this week's episode is about. So I hope you enjoy and give it a listen and let me know what you think on my Instagram as well, Rue.Bodkin. Love ya. feel like I should update you guys on my past couple weeks since it's been a wee while since we chatted. We're well into truly into May now. Something that I've been doing lately is trying to explore a bit more outside of Sydney and do this with my best friend Emma. Uh, I'm about a week ago now, I think it was, we or we actually hired a van through Camberfly, which is this really great app and website here in Australia where you can hire a full camper van or van and it literally has you know your bed your kitchen everything and you hire it for a certain price for each day and then you just pay for the petrol yourself and we hired this shitty ass van called Dolores and we went road tripping uh north of Sydney and we went up to Seal Rocks and also Newcastle and we stayed two nights in the van and just had a bloody amazing time like honestly it was so much fun fun van life is the life for me seriously I think it's just so fun to wake up in a van there and have a view right there immediately because most of the time we were parked in these really beautiful spots um the first night we stayed in Newcastle and we literally were overlooking the sea and we had the most glorious like golden sunrise to wake up to and that was incredible and then the second day oh we did end up staying in, in a camping ground but we still had really like it was really fun to wake up in the van, I feel. And when it rained in the van, it was also really nice, just like cozy. And I don't know, it was just really good times, like really, really fun. But Dolores was a bit of a character. She was kind of super rattly and like she had a lot of things go wrong with her. Like one of the door handles broke off. Um, You couldn't unlock it from the driver's side. You would like unlock it and then you had to go around and get in. You couldn't open the door. So you had to go through the passenger seat to get into the driver's seat and I don't know, she had a lot of kinks to her. Kinks? Uh, a lot of... Uh, that's a weird, weird use of that word. Anyway, uh, she had a lot of difficulties. At one point, we put the windows down because we had the music blasting and we were just like singing. And they wouldn't go back up when we parked. So we spent ages trying to get the windows up and they would only go half up and then go straight back down again. So that was a little bit stressful, but we, we just had to like manually lift the window up and then we couldn't put them down and we needed to use a code. And so we had to like get out of the car and run around and do the code. And because my door wouldn't open, we had to get out. Yeah, it was just a disaster, but also so much fun. And we went to this beach called Shelly Beach, which is iconic and one of the most beautiful beaches here in Australia and it is also a nude beach and so we'd been told that by some locals but we thought oh like this is cool but when we got there we were the only ones and it was just sort of really fun so we just we did have a little nude swim but it was quite cold and very windy so all the sand sort of blew up and like stung our bodies it was kind of painful uh, and then we did a tiny wee photo shoot and just sat and listened to music and M drew and I think I just I don't even know what I did. I think I just sat and thought. Um, and it was just really easy. We would get coffee. We would have some snacks. We made some interesting tasting food. And yeah, it was just so much fun. And it made me really want to buy a van and go around Australia or buy a van and go around New Zealand. Like 
Those are two things. It's a life goal for sure. Work a season, buy a van, do a year in a van and do up the van myself kind of thing. Those are two life goals I have right now. Literally, that is, that's on the, on the cards. But that was so much fun and also very refreshing because I feel like I've been working and that's all I do. I just work. I literally do just work. Like I go to work, I come home, I sleep, I go to work. Um, that's fine because right now I'm in my weird phase of just trying to save money. Uh, but it is exhausting and I will get into that. One of the greatest things about having my own podcast and also editing and just recording, recording? recording it myself is that I can... You know, I'm not in some like studio where I just chat and then I can go away and regret what I think of what I've said and, you know, have to put it out there anyway. Like I have tried to record two pod- uh, two podcasts literally since I released my latest one and I, they're just so bad. Like the first one was like some sappy shit and then the next one I literally just ranted for probably like 20 minutes, which and I ranted about how I'm so overworking in hospitality and just shared some stories that weren't even that interesting and they were just sort of like rants about how it's been. And it was so bad. And I stopped and I didn't finish that episode and then I listened back still thinking I would use it. And it was just terrible. I mean, it wasn't enjoyable for me to listen to. It wasn't interesting for me to listen to. And I just know that it didn't do any good. And I know that like this podcast is about me rambling, but this ramble just was kind of came from a not dark place, but just from a shitty place where it was like my attitude was not pleasant, not pleasant for myself to listen to and definitely not pleasant to share. And I think that's something that I'm grateful for is that I can go, hey, you know what? This isn't something I'm going to release to the public. Um, Yeah, and I mean, it's not like this podcast is doing crazy amazing or anything. Um, But I do have, you know, I have a good wee audience going and I don't want you guys. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want I want my episodes to be something that lifts your spirit or is enjoyable or factual or just not the way that that one was and not set the tone that the way that that episode I recorded did. So I didn't and I just deleted all of that and I didn't listen to it again. Um. But yeah, I guess what I did want to talk about and I still will talk about is just that hospital burnout, which is what I'm facing right now. And it's it's something that I feel like a lot of us will have faced because I think most of us will have done, you know, hospitality at some stage in our life and had to work in some kind of shitty job, um, you know, whether that's at KFC, McDonald's, Burger King, in a bakery or something where it's just, you know, you're in those stinky uniforms and you're getting paid minimum wage and you're getting yelled at by Karens and terrible managers. And it's, you know, it's a huge life lesson, but it's still a shitty one. I do believe that these jobs that we have had in our point, at some point in our lives, are so important and so important for work ethic, um, initiative, and also money understanding that, It can, you know, an hour of your time to earn maybe 20 bucks can be so shitty and so hard sometimes, but it's just a part of the working industry and a part of life and just a great lesson. And I'm really grateful that I started working when I was so young. I've had, I think, 13 jobs now. I just counted it up and I've only stayed in one job for five years. And now here in Bondi, I've stayed in this job for almost eight months. And that will be my, well, eight months, whoa. (laughs) That will be my longest two jobs. 
And so that means I've kind of jumped around a lot. And I've worked in mostly just hospitality. I did do one summer where I worked in retail at Huffer in Taupo back in New Zealand. And that was, um, it was a good experience for sure. But it just made me realize that I'm just not built for that. Like re- retail sucks. Retail is so boring um, in comparison to hospitality. And it's just, it's not stressful. Like even when, even when it's busy, it's not stressful. It's just, it's kind of more fun. It's, that's when I kind of thrived in it. But it was just a store that was really busy for like Boxing Day, you know, New Year's, Christmas lead up. But after that, it was just dead. And I just... I, I couldn't deal with the silence and that's how I feel um, when any, whenever any of my jobs are really quiet, um, which is why I've always worked in like a lot of more fast paced industries or places such as bars and cafes, because I just think my attention span won't deal with it being silent. Um, and I've always worked, you know, a good eight hour shift or something like that. Here I do like consistently 10 hours or nine hour shifts as well. And those um, I find very mentally challenging. But since being here and working hospitality for quite a while, and I guess I had this mentality that I was going to, for the next 10 years of my life, this was sort of my vague plan for my future, I was going to, um, I was going to like just work hospitality for six months on the year and then for six months off the year, go traveling and spend the money I earned. That was sort of my plan. And I've started that plan and I've realized, I mean, I had to stay a bit longer because Sydney's really difficult to save um, here because the rent's so crazy and also just money goes like that here. I don't understand it. Um, and I, I realized that it's just not sustainable. I just can't do that. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do going forward. I've got my Europe trip coming up. I've got five more weeks here, I think. And then, you know, I'm just going to go spend whatever I've saved. I'm doing a lot of volunteering work in order to manage and actually be able to survive over there um because I we all know about my financial situation after my previous podcast I don't know what I'm doing but um yeah I just it's it's exhausting this hospitality I just can't do that like I actually can't I love it and I hate it at the same time and right now I don't think there's a day where I just go oh that was a really good day at work you know it's I haven't had that in so long I'm just not enjoying it the way I used to. I just, I'm kind of miserable. And I literally am telling myself, hey, you're doing this for Europe. You know, if you don't take a break today, then maybe you can just push through. And, you know, I have to mentally have these mental checks where I'm like, it doesn't really matter on the grand scheme of thing. You know, I'm literally just like self-talking, like prep-talking myself, prep-talking, pep-talking myself and trying to convince myself to keep going and to keep pushing through, which is kind of sad, to be honest. Um, and I think when I last talked about that in that podcast I told you I deleted, I just ranted the whole time and just said I was fucking sick of it. And I was just furious because, I don't know, it's just, it's got to a place where it's just so unenjoyable, yet I'm good at it and I'm, you know, I, I should, like, why can't I enjoy it if I'm good at it? And, you know, why can't I just put on a happy face even when people have made a mistake, but the mistake's going to go on me and the chef's going to get mad at me and my manager's going to get mad at me, you know, why can't I just brush that off? And I was talking to my sister about it and she said, it's because I'm a people pleaser, um, going back to that episode. And she said, you know, like, it's really difficult because you have always kind of self-punished yourself for things you've done wrong. And now you do that in your work as well. And it was such a great point. Um, 
And that's the thing, I think, is that I just take it all too seriously and too hard. And at the end of the day, this isn't very seriously, um, very serious. This is just someone who got normal toast and said gluten-free and I go fix it within a matter of minutes. It's solved, you know, it doesn't even matter. But I just take it so hard. And I think it would be so much better if I was actually in some kind of industry or some kind of job where I really was passionate Um and I was really a, a far more happier and when things went wrong and I was upset about it, I guess, you know, it would mean more. I don't know, more than a piece of gluten-free toast does, you know. I think that's what I've realized for work. I just, yeah, I still have no idea what I want to do as well, which really sucks. And every time I tell people this, they go, oh, that's okay. You know, it's all, that's okay. And And look, guys, I know that's okay. I tell other people the same thing. But I just would like some signs. Like, God, I would love some signs. I'd love a way to be able to make money and earn a living and support my lifestyle and be happy and passionate and not be in hospitality anymore. I I have no idea, though, because I've tried a few things and it hasn't worked and I just don't know. Uh, But yeah, that's sort of a, a small and more gentle rant about my hospitality burnout. Um, And I think... It must be common, right? We must all kind of have it at some point where we're just burnt out and we just can't fake that smile anymore and we can't easily bounce back because I just, I'm not, I'm not bouncing back. I'm coming back exhausted. I'm coming back home at the end of the day pissed off and not wanting to spend any time with anyone and it's really miserable, but I have to keep going and I can't work in anything else. And I know this is like so down and so sad. Uh, but that's just sort of where I'm at right now with my um, hospitality and my job and, and my future plans. I just, I don't know what to do in order to travel. I don't know how to make a living. Yeah, that's where I'm at. It's a bit sad. I think the part of... The reason that my mood shift has happened is because the season has changed as well. We're now fully in autumn here in Sydney. And I guess it doesn't really look like it when you're at the beach. But when you go further into the city, you can see the trees with the leaves on them, which is so beautiful, the orange. And it just makes me miss autumn back in New Zealand, especially in central Otago. Like that is just stunning. Like I just miss that. It's so beautiful. I would love to go and visit and be there um, so badly. But I like the way the ear feels. Um, I like the coldness and the warmness with the sun, the clash of that. Like, that's really beautiful. But it definitely has, you know, when it's cold outside, there's less things to do. And when you live by the beach and what you would do is go for a swim, tan, read on the beach, listen to a podcast on the beach, meet your friends at the beach, you know, like go for a drink after going to the beach. What else is there to do? Like, I was such a winter galley before because I loved skiing and I loved climbing and you can do that in any season. But skiing particularly, that's what I literally would be throffing over. Like my Snapchats from um, a year ago now and me getting ready to go live in Queenstown, which I was so excited for and to ski. And like previous years, just me getting ready for ski season with new skis, new ski fits. And I don't have that here. I mean, I do have Europe coming in a couple of weeks. Like that's what I'm looking forward to for sure. Um, and I'm preparing for, but I don't know. I just feel like the lifestyle sh- shift 
is such a mood downer as well. Um, and the weather shift as well is just, it's so difficult. Like, how do you stay happy when the sun isn't out as much and when it rains and when you have to wear warmer clothes? I don't know if I'm really an autumn or a winter girl really at all. Um, it's putting me into a bit of a crisis mode. But something else that I've been doing recently has been listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast and her episodes on dopamine and self and uh, like media indulgences and this really great series that she's been doing recently. Um, yeah. And I would recommend people listen to it as well. She just did an interview with a psychologist and someone who was on the social dilemma. That was really great. And I listened to it and I don't know, I've just really been sitting and thinking about my use of my phone. Now, I don't know, um, when I was, when I was younger, I lived in quite a strict household where I was not allowed an electronic device, no computer, no iPad, no nothing, no phone until I left home. Not even until I turned 18 because I turned 18 halfway through the school year, my final school year. So it was when I left home, I was allowed to get a phone and I was allowed to get a um, computer and all that jazz. And so this was like pretty tough, to be honest, guys. Um, it was, you know, it was back in 2018. So I guess it phones weren't as prominent as they are now, but they still were. And I was also a head girl of my school. So I had a lot of responsibilities and a lot of emails and a lot of group chats and just connections on social media and the interweb that required my presence. And I couldn't really be there in the way I wanted to without having a phone. So it did lead me to having a secret smartphone, which one of my friends from high school actually, um, gave me and I would just connect to the Wi-Fi at school and sometimes to the Wi-Fi at home and now look like my parents did not know about this I think my mum knows now but my stepdad might still not know um and I yeah I had a secret phone for an entire year and I kept it a secret from my family which is terrible and um it is something that made me feel extremely guilty but also I think it was just the lengths that I had to go to in order to keep up with this fast-paced, moving world where we need technology now in order to survive, which is ridiculous. Um, anyway, going back to sort of the whole point of, well, to, to my point of this is that what Emma Chamberlain talks about is how it's now a dopamine fix, this phone that we have, and how it, we, you know, we watch TikTok and we scroll and it gives us a burst of dopamine because we're watching these videos of people and it's sort of like it's sort of similar to hanging out with people in real life right it's that same fix of being surrounded by people being comforted having a presence that's not there really but is there and how that sends signal to the brains and it's really enjoyable same with scrolling on Instagram and yeah just how our social media and how our phone and our computer and watching stuff is like a dopamine fix and she talks about how when she you know, watches YouTube when she eats a meal. And I do the same thing. I watch Netflix or something. I, I share food with people or I, or I, when I'm alone, I watch something in order to sort of have the same dopamine and same enjoyable experience of eating that I would have if I were with people. I, I gain that by watching a video. And I think she just talks about how it's not really natural. Like this isn't really normal. And I think we've gone so far away from getting our normal dopamine 
like sources, you know, we get it from this little box and we're consistently addicted to this box. And I think when I got my secret phone back and, you know, when I first got a phone and through this way, I was not addicted to it in the beginning, but I think I can clearly see how I became to be. And I can clearly see once I did get my own phone and once I was able to have a phone at nighttime and whenever I wanted to have access all the time and when I could use it for these things and use every site of social media possible, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, like everything, um, it felt so good and it was so amazing because I finally was joining everyone else and being on that same level and I don't know, it was a great feeling. Whereas now I'm 22, I've had this, you know, this fun thing, this cell phone for four years now um, and I've had it every day, every single day of my life. I've used it probably. And I do think it's the cause, uh, one of the main causes for when I feel shit and when I mentally am not well and when I am unhappy. And I think it is for many reasons. One, for watching, for scrolling and seeing people who look the way I want to look or are the, live the life I want to live. You know, that makes me not really feel very good. And then there's also the way I output my life onto it, right? You know, I think consistently about that. I think about the likes. I think about the comments. I care so much about what I put out there. I care, you know, I take ages to make an Instagram post and I put so much energy into that. And then there's just so many levels in which this doesn't make me feel good. Yet I couldn't imagine a life without it. And I couldn't stop. Like literally I said to my sister, I went, I am literally addicted to Instagram. I can't go on it, you know, for not spend one day where I don't go on it. And I don't want to either. You know, I actually don't want to give that up. I just, I mean, I don't know what it is. I just don't want to give that up. And it's not like it even really gives me a good dopamine rush anymore. I mean, sometimes it does. And when I'm on the toilet, I need to have my phone. Like I need to sit there on my phone. Like that's how I do things. When I eat food, when I do anything, I just need to have that on me. When I wake up in the morning, how do I wake up? I wake up by an alarm that is set on my phone. When I come into my room, how do I turn on my lights? I use my phone. You know, there's just so many things where this little box is controlling it. And it's weird because I'm slightly grateful now for my parents for not allowing me to have a phone for all those years because I know what my life was like before and I know how I spent my time. I would come home on the days where I didn't have something on and I would read a book. And I would clean my room, reorganize things. I would write in my journal. I would, you know, I just, there was so many other ways of living that was so much better and so much more clearer and gave me far more clarity than this does. I consistently am writing in my diary and for my goals and saying here on this podcast how I want to be more present. And I think the major blockage is this thing, is my stupid fucking phone. That's the very thing I'm holding to record this right now. And like, it's just so frustrating because I actually, I don't know, I think the energy to go and try refix my, all of this, you know, bad that, that it's doing in my life is going to be so much as well. It's going to take so much to fix what, the way it's implemented my life now. It's, it's four years that it's been continuing on. Four years I've been addicted to a little box you know, it's just as bad as any kind of addiction. It's insane. And also, we're all consistently addicted to it. Like, it's it's actually 
the most frightening thing. And I know you probably didn't need this big rant about technology either, but I don't know, maybe it's interesting to you too how much it controls your life. I think there's many reasons for why you can feel burnt out, less present, unhappy, sad, mentally drained. And I think I am trying every day to figure out why I feel the way I feel because I want to be living my best life and I want to be feeling good about situations and I want to have I guess like be present is the the biggest thing and be socially aware be very in tune with my yeah and even spiritually aware and understand and see how I can fix things which is why I've talked about my hospitality burnout and I guess the technology and the dopamine fixes and the indulgences on media and all of that today and I think that's why I've just rambled on about that is because I just I'm fascinated and I want to know why these things are making me feel shit and what I can do and at least you know acknowledge that they are I don't know if I'm really going to go and make many changes in my life and you know I guess well, especially when it comes to my phone, I don't know. I would like to. I think it takes a lot of energy too as well, which I also think is ridiculous because it takes, you know, why? <laughs> like, why am I addicted to something as stupid as a little metal box? And why do I have to take so much time to spend less time on it? You know, if that makes any sense. Um, but I do think one thing is that I know I don't want to work in hospitality for my next job. And I would like to work towards finding a new passion to work and live off and fund myself. Um, and yeah, I, I would like to also just make changes, whatever small changes I possibly can and find a better balance and keep striving towards this presence feeling that I am saying I'm missing out on. And I know a few episodes back I said that I was feeling like something was astray or like missing and I still haven't figured it out and I still have not figured it out it is the big mystery but I think perhaps I have a better label for it it is literally just the unknown difficulties of your 20s I think is that consistent and persistent feeling that I have and questioning that I seem to be having is just being 20 like it really is which is something that I said I would talk about in this podcast right it's just literally the 20s is the most difficult time but also the most fun and I am having fun in them for sure um yeah it's a great time I'm excited it's it's gonna be really cool I'm trying to think if there's any life updates other than my hospitality burnout that I could give you oh well I've arranged more of my Europe trip um I've actually booked on to do a lot of volunteering which is so cool my first volunteering begins in Budapest and where I, I am for a week working with a company and I'm being a photographer. <laughs> kind of lied about my photography skills in order to get that. So that's kind of hilarious. Another one is when I am in Portugal and I'm working and volunteering for a hostel, which is quite cool. Um, I don't know if I'm doing housekeeping reception or night shift of something. I'm not really sure. I'll find out when I'm there, but I'm really excited for that. And then another one is with my best friend, Millie, and we are olive tree harvesting or picking in Croatia. So there's lots of really cool things ahead for sure. And then I even have some plans for later months, but I won't get into that. And so, yeah, I guess like I have a lot to look forward to. Um, I'm also starting to pack up my stuff here, pack my pack again. 
sorry for all the peas. I know they're the worst on my recording. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, on my TikTok, I'm just seeing what I'm taking to Europe this year. It seems like everybody is going to Europe, which is great. But uh, also, I just like get really anxious and I don't want to watch these videos. I don't care what you're taking to Europe. I need to figure out what I'm taking. And I don't think I'm going to get any inspiration from you guys. I don't care. I'm just going to pack, okay? Um, yeah, but I'm going to do that. I'm excited. I like packing. I like putting away and planning. I remember when I was leaving initially to start my backpacking journey back in Queenstown, I literally would pack and just like practice and just carry the pack around my brother's room where I was staying and just sort of like, I don't know, I was enjoying figuring out how I was going to pack because it is something you've got to get good at when you're on the road. You've got to be you pack all the time, you know, and the trip that I've planned, I will be packing. I don't stay in a place more than a week. Um, that's the most. I will stay in one place for the same time, except for some of these volunteering opportunities. So I am consistently packing up my pack and my belongings. And the reality is you don't want to have too much and you do want to have a really good system in terms of packing. So I need to sort of figure that out if I can. Um, but I'm so excited for it. I also have somehow acquired so much stuff since living in Sydney, so I need to get rid of it all. I wish that I could say, hey guys, come pick up some stuff, but I don't think many of my listeners are actually in Sydney. Uh, I think a lot of you are in New Zealand and uh, some of Australia and also a lot of you are in America. Um, but yeah, so cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Times are changing weather is changing, my mood is changing, my mind is consistently questioning, but it's definitely a good time. And I have so much to say goodbye to here in Sydney. And it's been such a great chapter of my life. It's been really fun living in Bondi. It's been so fascinating just moving to a new country. It's not something I in really planned for my life and especially to live here, but I'm really grateful that it's ended up that way for sure. And I really have, yeah, I really have had the best time here. I think I'm going to leave that episode there. I feel like it was sort of a down, a more down episode, less high energy rambling. But uh, I hope you enjoyed it still. And I'm really excited to get on the road and start to chat to you guys about my travels and tell you all the disastrous stories. I think it's going to be a really fun time. The episodes are coming up, but I think it's also important to record these episodes where my mind is certainly wandering and also my life isn't as interesting as well. 